Welcome to Cybersecurity Business. I'm your host, Kevin Poucher, the COO of KLogix. In our podcast, we give listeners, uh, we interview CISOs and other security leaders to hear their advice on the business of information security. This podcast gives our listeners actionable takeaways to help them increase the effectiveness of their security program. Today, we're joined by another Kevin, Kevin Delange, the VP and CISO at IGT. IGT is a 12,000 person organization who's a global leader in gaming, covering all channels in regulated segments from gaming machines and lotteries to interactive. Uh, They have well-established local presence as well as partnerships with governments in regulators in over 100 countries. In this episode, we'll be discussing how to create a transformational cybersecurity strategy from Kevin's unique perspective as a security leader with over 30 years of extensive experience in our field. Kevin, welcome to our podcast. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So I figured we'd start, uh, as usual, by a walk down memory lane and give everybody a snapshot, a brief snapshot of your past and what brought you to the current role at IGT. Uh, Sure. So (laughs) obviously, it's been a long road for sure. Um, I guess the actual start goes back to when I was 18 years old and in the Army. Uh, I was part of a team that was involved with dismantling nuclear warheads. So uh, early on, I got the experience that uh, sort of defined the meaning of security for me and taught me what I think are are valuable lessons about how not to panic in stressful situations. Uh, Later on, uh, once I really got into this business, I was involved with engineering, uh, involved with a department, uh, actually ran department that design and ran printed circuit board design in an engineering group. And first that was uh, done manually, but then when CAD came into existence, that brought me into the computer age and networking uh, I guess really before either were fashionable. And then from there, it snowballed uh, into a 15-year run with uh, communications engineering, dealing with uh, lands and lands, including satellites. That morphed into running architecture. And then at some point, I was forced to make a decision. Uh, so I was really doing about three jobs at the same time. Uh, I was forced to make a decision about which direction I wanted to concentrate on. And I picked uh, information security, much to the chagrin of some of the people around me. But for me, in hindsight, I think that was uh, probably a really good move. And I've been doing that for the better part of 20 years. Kind of have to think that being in the business of dealing with nuclear warheads makes uh, dealing with cybersecurity seem like a, a, a stressless cakewalk. But looking back at your career, you owned a business for quite a few years, and it looks like you did everything from business development to finance to hands-on tech deployments and strategic ops. Did, did that experience prepare you to be a better leader? In other words, are you able to communicate with your board better than others because of that experience? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably true. I mean, I I look at it as sort of my MBA program. Mm. So it's it's valuable to not only have the, the technical chops, but you also have to know the ins and outs of how to run a business. So that brings other skills into play, finance, marketing, people skills. And I don't think I uh, otherwise would probably have obtained the level required in such a short period of time. So 
I think all of those skills in some way, shape, or form are necessary at some point in this position. So from that perspective, yes, it, it does help because uh, in this position, you have to speak business as well as technical. Right. And I think that's what most struggle with in your position. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a common theme I, I've heard when, when yeah. people grow or, organically from the technical field. So let's talk about digital transformation for a minute. It's interesting. I think over the last five years, when I think about conversations that I've had with security leaders and professionals, it seems that digital transformation has become completely synonymous with cloud migration. Like in your opinion, does digital transformation really just mean moving to the cloud? Uh, certainly not from my perspective. I, I think uh, digital transformation, the term itself means a lot of things. If you talk to 10 people, you'll probably get 10 different definitions. Right. But for me, I really think the technology, um, it means, I guess sort of that technology has changed the landscape. And that's mm -hmm. not only from technology, but also from a culture perspective. So Dealing with different generations today, you quickly realize that perspective uh, of what it means to communicate, what security and privacy mean uh, to different individuals of different age groups don't necessarily fit into a common framework. So for me, uh, digital transformation, I think, means adapting the information security posture into a more, let's say, agile framework that can react quickly and effectively to change. Mm. So to that end, is this is the digital transformation that you're uh, undergoing at IGT, is that a result of um, your efforts kind of evangelizing this, or is this something that from the top down they've been pushing? Um, yeah, I mean, I think every group within the company pushes it, so there are a lot of people leading that charge, but uh, at IGT, I mean, we're a multinational business, so we don't have a static enterprise-focused operation. Mm -hmm. We've got a large footprint and a wide range of business models we have to provide support to. So each of those business units have different mandates, um, and they each have to provide different solutions that satisfy their business objectives. So, uh, you know, in my opinion, transformation, at least for IGT, is driven in many different forms. What stage uh, are you folks in from a security programmatic perspective? Um, I mean, that's a difficult question to answer. It's because yeah. I don't necessarily think this is a binary activity. Transformation for the sake of transformation is as bad as introducing technology for the sake of technology. Right. It'll never work uh, mm. unless it's an organic outgrowth of natural business processes. So it's not the case of are we early in the process or mature in the process. It's a process that's always ongoing and should be if the business is going to continue to prosper. Is the how about so talk about the risk landscape as you as you undergo this journey? Does the risk landscape differ from more of a traditional security model with more of a defined perimeter? Well, it, it depends on your definition of security, if any security, mm -hmm. I guess. To me, risk is risk. So from a pure risk assessment process, I guess the answer is no. Mm -hmm. But it's it's different from the perspective of at least in, in the way I view it, in the velocity of change and keeping up with that fast pace, fast pace. You know, I've had some organizations go down this journey and say to me that the business is willing to accept a higher short-term risk for a longer 
and better gain for the organization? In other words, take a step back to take two steps forward. Do you think that's necessary? Uh, from, I guess, from a pure information security perspective, I, I don't think of this in terms of, of more or less risk, right? At the end of the day, the business decides how it wants to deal with risk, regardless of whether it's new or right. faster exposure to more risk. Yeah. From the perspective of the business, perhaps it causes decision makers to pause and think more mm. about uh, whatever the potential impacts or safeguards information security may suggest putting in place, because that ultimately may lead to requests for more resources or budget. If they are not willing to accept the risk and recommendations, and I guess by default that may cause the business to slow down its adoption strategy, but um, again, it's it's all aligned around how the business should operate in a normal fashion. So, so then what do you think the biggest challenge is when it comes to this journey of digital transformation? Uh, it's, I, I've always preaching this to my team. It's unrealistic expectations that probably pose the biggest challenge for us. When somebody has an idea and expects it to happen overnight, that can cause disruptive change, and that isn't necessarily good. Hmm. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you're slapping lipstick on a pig at the end of the day, you still have a pig. So you may be able to say we're doing this or we're doing that. If behind the scenes the wheels are falling off, you you won't sustain that sustain that image. Right. So what advice would you give to organizations that are just kind of behind the eight ball and just starting to go down this journey? Like who, who do they look to for guidance? Does, is Gartner, is there a framework? Where would you suggest they start? Like, do you just get this information from peers? Yeah, it's, it varies. Obviously, um, I mean, Gartner and, and other consulting groups like that are a good place to start mm -hmm. if you want to see how to position things within the company. But uh, again, I'll go back to the fact that this is business-driven. Innovation is not something, um, you know, that that doesn't happen because there there is no business need for it to happen. So, uh, if you're if you if you're forced into the situation of dealing with this kind of change and and how you uh, how you react to it, you have to have processes already established that that can sustain any of this. So from what I'm hearing, you sound like you are very closely aligned with the business. Is that, am I right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, and it goes back to how security functions are, are really established, whether you're pure technical play dealing with the tactical, technical aspects of it, or or if you're sort of more at a strategic and business aligned uh, uh, strategy. So for us, we're more business aligned and our mission is, is pure and simple. It's to allow the business to operate in a secure fashion. So whatever we can do to help that uh, is the way we're gonna operate. Did you have a predecessor before you became CISO? Um, no, I guess it was me because I was uh, officially appointed by the board three years ago. Um, but before that, I was still CISO for probably 10, 12 years. So, uh, and there, there was no established function really before that. So then how did you go about building that relationship with the business? It's a slow, tedious uh, <laughs> process. I, I can guarantee you that. It's, uh, look, by nature, people don't trust information security people. They avoid eye contact with you in the hallways and, they typically view you as a uh, as a gate and a hindrance to getting their job done. 
Um, so it takes a long time to build trust up with the business to get them to a level of comfort where they don't feel threatened that you're going to negatively impact what they want to do. You're just there to help. And that doesn't happen overnight. Trust isn't built overnight. Right. Do you think that this, um, that digital transformation should be a priority with all CISOs? Um, I wouldn't put it as much as it's a, a priority of something you have to deal with outside of normal business, but it is what it is and change right. is inevitable and it's always going to occur. Um, so I, I would keep reiterating the point that you have to have established processes in place that can deal with whatever's being thrown at you. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, you all work for the same company and you have the right. same goals. So, You've built up your own business. You've worked for IGT for what, 15 years? Uh, actually, a total of probably closer to 2025. I don't know. I'll have to do the math. So, what? So, what? What, what would be next for someone like yourself? What's next? What do you go? Where do you go um, from here? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I've heard the burnout rate for CISOs is something around three years, but I haven't reached that state yet, thankfully. Um, I'm pretty content in this role, to be honest. It's challenging, and, and I've got a great team working behind the scenes to make me look good. <laughs> um, so if either of those switches get flipped, I guess I'd consider something else. Uh, I, I guess sitting on an advisory board or, or you know, a board seat uh, at some point would be would be pretty cool. But, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really given much thought to be honest. All right. So if you open up your, so last question, uh, take out your crystal ball for a moment. You know, you, you're, you seem to be a very uh, established um, CISO with a very well-run organization. You're very connected to the business. How do you envision the CISO role changing, if at all, over the next five years? Well, it's uh, difficult to predict because, uh, you know, this, this business changes as fast as technology changes, and that's really mm -hmm. rapid right now. Um, but, it, again, I think for industries that aren't really aligned with the business, I think that's the direction it has to go in. Mm. Um, because when you have to talk to the board of directors, you, you certainly – have to speak in terms that they can understand and relate to. So it, uh, I think it's just going to be a continuous push towards having more business acumen and be able to communicate in business terms. Right. I, I totally agree. And, and we hear that, you know, day in and day out. So um, Kevin, you know, good stuff. Really appreciate you joining us today. Appreciate your time, your insight. You know, I'm sure all of our listeners will benefit from, from your approach. And uh, as always, uh, our listeners can learn more about this episode as well as other CISO interviews on our website, klogicsecurity.com forward slash podcast. Kevin, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you.